The title of my sermon tonight is, I have bad news, but I have good news. So we are going to talk about good news and bad news. And um, Jeremy and I were talking on the phone, was that last night, I think, uh, about this good news, bad news thing. And we got to uh, thinking about some, some good news, bad news jokes. Have you ever heard good news, bad news jokes? Uh, like the doctor who uh, uh, called his patient and says, I have some really good news for you and I have some really bad news. And the patient asks, well, okay, give me the good news first. Hi, Jeremy. <laughs> and the doctor tells him, well, you have 24 hours to live. And the patient's like, that, that's good news? He says, well, what's the bad news? He says, well, I've been trying to call you since yesterday. Oh. <laughs> Or <laughs> they, these kind of step up as we go. Or the lawyer that uh, told his client, I have, some, uh, I have some good news and bad news for you. And the client's like, well, give me the bad news first. And, he's, and the lawyer tells him, well, the blood that was found all over the crime scene, they, they've proven that it was yours. And, and the client's like, oh, no, I'm, I'm ruined. That's horrible. But... Wait, that, that's, the, uh, that's the bad news, but what's the good news? And the lawyer says, well, the good news is your cholesterol's down to 130. I know, it's a <laughs> I know it's bad. And I was looking for one more good news, bad news joke today. I'm going to trip all over myself. You know what? I'm going to kick my shoes off. <laughs> I am. Yeah, plug your nose, whatever. <laughs> so uh, the day after a man lost his wife in a scuba diving accident, he was greeted by two grim-faced police officers at his door who, who came and they said, we're sorry to uh, call... <laughs> I tell you, I, I was just looking for this one last joke this afternoon online, and I got to reading it, and... I, I started laughing, and it's like, this is really gross, <laughs> but I couldn't quit laughing, so I'm sorry, I just have to share it with you. <laughs> so we're sorry to call on you at this hour, Mr. Wilkins, but we have some information about your wife, and he's like, well, tell me. And the policeman said, well, we have some bad news, some good news, and some really great news. And during it, they, they asked him, they asked him uh, which do you want to hear first, and Fearing the worst, Mr. Wilkins said, well, give me the bad news first. So the policeman said, well, we're sorry to tell you, sir, but this morning we found your wife's body in San Francisco Bay. And he's like, oh, my gosh. And uh, he was just overcome with emotion. And then remembering what the policeman first said, he's like, well, then what's the good news? And he said, well, the, well, the policeman said when we pulled her up, she had two really huge five-pound lobsters and a dozen really good crabs uh, hanging from her body. <laughs> and, and they just looked really delicious. <laughs> and uh, he's like, well, if that's the good news, then what's the really great news? And they said, well, we're going to pull her up again tomorrow. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> I told you there was one you were going to like. 
So how many of you have ever had someone ask you, uh, uh, do you want to hear the good news first or the bad news? Anyone ever? Okay. Anyway, what is it that you typically choose? Do you want to hear the good news first or the bad news? I, th- I think most of us kind of default to the bad news, and that's kind of where we live our lives. So that's where we're going to start tonight. So have you ever known anyone that can always make bad news even worse? Kind of like, you know, I, uh, I ran over a cat on the way to church. Oh, and by the way, it was yours, you know, or, or I, I got really sick earlier. Oh, and by the way, I threw up all over your car or, or, um, you know, I, I have some bad news. You only have two years to live, but don't worry. I've, uh, discovered that you have Alzheimer's and then a couple months, you won't remember a word I just told you. <laughs> Isn't that horrible? <laughs> But then, there. do you have anyone who, when you give bad news, they always kind of have to outdo you and give you a little bit worse news? I, I, I've seen that happen quite a few times. But then there are people who, then there are people who really do have bad news upon bad news upon bad news. And um, my wife's here tonight, and we, we weren't sure that she was going to be here tonight because she's been at the hospital with her oldest brother, Todd. And um, Todd was, and Todd needs a liver transplant. And he actually went on the, on the transplant list early this year. And then he, um, he got tuberculosis, right? He tested positive for TB. Well, they had to take him off the transplant list so they could treat the TB, but then he got tumors in his liver. So they had to stop treating him for the TB so they could treat him for the tumors so that when those were healed, then he could be treated for the TB so that he could get back on the transplant list. And then he had a, a procedure done a couple weeks ago, and it went wrong. Um, where they were going to put in these radioactive pellets in his liver, and um, something happened with the the surgery. The arteries got crossed or something, and he had to have a surgery so they could repair that, so they could do the pellets, so they could treat him for the tumors, so that they can hopefully treat him for the TB, so that they can put him back on the transplant list, so that hopefully, you know, things will go well, and he'll be able to live a longer, fuller life. Sometimes people really do have bad news, upon bad news, upon bad news. But we kind of default to the bad news. Um, And I'm going to give you just a few real examples of good news and bad news, um, just kind of in a spiritual sense. You know, there's such a thing as hope and despair, And like I already mentioned, we tend to default to the bad news. The problem comes when we stop there. That's when you live in despair. But when you allow yourself to hear the good news, you allow yourself to grab onto hope. Now, today, Todd had this procedure done where they put those pellets in his liver, and it went really well. I texted Debbie earlier today, and she was so excited because they had a good report. There was good news. And because there was good news, there's hope. So 
regarding hope and despair, the bad news is that without Jesus, there is no hope. There's only despair. But the good news is that with Jesus, there is hope and there's love and there's everlasting life. Regarding sin and salvation, the bad news is that we're all sinners and the wages of sin is death. That really stinks. But the good news is that we can be saved because the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Death and life, the bad news is that it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. But the good news is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Being lost and found, the bad news is that you are lost. You're separated from God because of your sin. But the good news is that when you ask Jesus into your heart, you are found. You're no longer separated from God, just as if you had never sinned. Works and faith, the bad news is there is nothing that you can do to earn your way into heaven. But the good news is that salvation is free. Salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You're not worthy because of anything that you do. You are worthy because of who God is. Flesh and spirit, the bad news is that your flesh will always lead you astray. But the good news is that your spirit was created to connect with God and with others. The spirit wars against the flesh and the Holy Spirit can help you to overcome fleshly desires. Being slaves or being sons, the bad news is is, it, is that as long as you willingly choose to live in your sin, you will be a slave to that sin. But the good news is that the very instant you turn away from your sin, your father is waiting and running into your arms to welcome you home. Resentment and forgiveness. The bad news is that when you choose not to forgive those who have hurt you, you keep yourself in bondage. But the good news is that he who the sun sets free is free indeed. Forgiveness is giving up your right to get even. Forgiveness comes from the very heart of God. Your choices. The bad news is that we chose to walk away from God. But the good news is that God chose to reconcile himself to us and forgave us even when we were still walking away from him. And the last one, free will. The bad news is that God has given us free will. The good news is that God has given us free will. I'm going to repeat that. The bad news is God has given us free will, but the good news is that God has given us free will. Jesus said, not my will, but yours be done. In Luke twenty-two forty-two. the question is, whose will will you choose? So I want to talk to you about two kings from the Bible. I want to talk to you about Saul and David for a few minutes tonight. And I'm going to read some verses out of 1 Samuel uh, chapters 9 and 10. And I'm not reading straight through, but just some selected verses. Saul said to his servant, if we go, what can we give the man? <coughs> they, they were going to look for the prophet, Samuel, Okay. So Saul said to his servant, what can we give to the prophet? The, the food in, the sack, in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered him again, look, he said, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man of God. So he'll tell us what way to take. 
Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, come, let us go see the seer. Uh, the seer as opposed to prophet, okay? But they meant the same thing. Because the prophet of today used to be called the seer. Good, Saul said to his servant, come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. Now the, now the day before Saul came, the Lord, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. About this time tomorrow, I'm going to send you a man. This is God talking. About this time tomorrow, I'm going to send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people. He will deliver them from the hand of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I'm the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are going to eat with me, and in the morning I'm going to send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. And as for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them. They've been found. Okay, so this is a prophet talking to Saul about something that he knows nothing about. But God has spoken to Samuel. And Samuel, so I, I suspect Saul is freaking out just a little bit. Okay. As for the donkeys you lost three days ago, don't worry about them. They've been found. And to whom? Is all the desire of Israel turned, if not to you and your whole family line? So he's preparing him for the idea that he is who Israel is looking toward to be the king. Saul answered, but am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say such a thing to me? And just a few more verses here in First Samuel chapter 10. As Saul turned to leave Samuel, God changed Saul's heart. And all these signs were fulfilled that day. And he, when he and his servant arrived at Gibeah, a, profession, a procession of prophets met him. And the Spirit of God came powerfully upon him, and he joined in their prophesying. And when all those who had formerly known him saw him prophesying and the prophets, they asked each other, what is this that has happened to Saul, the son of Kish, is he also among the prophets? When Samuel had all of Israel come forward by tribes, I, I like this passage of scripture. I, I identify with it well. When Samuel had all of Israel come forward by tribes, the tribe of Benjamin was taken by lot. They, they cast lots. So the tribe of Benjamin was chosen by lot. And then he brought forward the tribe of Benjamin, clan by clan, and uh, Matri, or Matri's clan was chosen by lot. And finally, Saul, son of Kish, was chosen. But when they looked for him, he was not anywhere to be found. So they inquired further of the Lord, has Saul come here yet? And the Lord said, yes, he has hidden himself among the baggage. So God had called him. And God had, had done something, and God had changed Saul's heart, and yet he was still afraid, and he was hiding among the baggage. And they ran and brought him out, and as soon as he stood among the people, he was a head taller than any of the others. Samuel said to all the people, Do you see the man the Lord has chosen? There isn't anyone like him among all the people. And then the people shouted, Long live the king. So Saul started well. 
in, in his life. From the very time of God's calling on Saul to be king, Saul, Saul saw the problems with that plan, but he chose to trust God anyway. That's good news. But as his life went on, he became jealous of David. He even tried to kill him. His life spiraled out of the control that he went, he literally went crazy. He even had to have, have David play his harp for him to calm him during those, uh, those fits of rage and those times when he was just crazy. Uh, he disobeyed direct orders from God. And in the end, his sin, his sin and bitterness caused him to lose, lose favor with God. And that's bad news. But I want to contrast that with David. First Samuel 17, just the story of David and Goliath. A champ, and not all the way through, but select verses again. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistines' words, words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. And David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David's just a kid. Get this picture in your mind. And they repeated to him what they had been saying and told him, This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Then Eliab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, and he burned with anger at him, and he asked, Why have you come down here, and with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? David was a shepherd. I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You come down only to watch the battle. David says, not what have I done? Can I even speak? And then he turned away to someone else and brought up the same matter. And when the men answered him as before, um, what David said was overheard and reported back to Saul, and Saul sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. And Saul replied, you're not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man, and he's been a warrior since his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. You get this picture? That's, this is so cool. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. See, David started well, but David also ended well. 
He had some down times in between, but he ended well. See, David was picked on by his brothers. He was a shepherd, but he had the heart of a warrior. And unlike Saul, David saw opportunities instead of obstacles. He refused to get revenge against Saul, even when Saul was trying to kill him. He sinned later on in his life. He sinned by committing adultery with Bathsheba and then had her husband, Uriah the Hittite, killed to cover up his sin. But when he was confronted about his sin by the prophet Nathan, David repented. And that is the difference between David and Saul. David repented. And instead of letting that sin grow and fester in his heart, he turned from his sin. And that's good news. He's called a man after God's own heart. He was guilty of some of the greatest sins in the Old Testament. That's bad news. And yet he was single-mindedly committed to God. And that's good news. So what is the gospel message? What is the good news for you and me? You might ask, what does this have to do with me? And here's my answer for you tonight. My answer is that you can have hope. You don't have to live in despair. It's not all bad news. Yes, you've sinned, and yes, that's a real problem, but God didn't leave you there. He provided a way out. His death on the cross made a way for you to be forgiven, and his resurrection made a way for you to be victorious in this life and in the next. The Holy Spirit is available to every believer to give you the power to live a holy life and to be a witness for him. God has a call and a purpose for your life. Part of that purpose is that you share the good news with those around you. It is his will that none should perish, and you are his plan for sharing that good news. God has equipped you with the gifts and talents to accomplish the task that he's set before you. The Bible tells us in Romans eleven twenty nine that the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. That means he will never, ever, ever be sorry that he chose you. So here's the good news in a nutshell. You can be forgiven for every sin you've ever committed. You just have to ask. You are loved with an everlasting love. You've been chosen by God and he has a purpose for your life. You've been equipped with all that you need to do his work as long as you have him at your side. You can forgive those who've hurt you and you can be in intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ and with others through his love and grace. That's cool because that's what you were created for. Nothing else will satisfy you and that's why it's his will for your life. So whose will will you choose? When I was about 14, Max, your mom just texted me. (laughs) When I was about 14 years old, um, I lived in northern Ohio. My dad was a pastor. And um, he was a pastor of three United Methodist churches. Um, So we had services at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and 11 o'clock every Sunday morning. And he would preach and jump in his car and drive five miles to the next church and preach and jump in the car and drive to the next church. Um, So it it was kind of an interesting setup. 
But um, one summer, we decided that we were going to have like a softball league for um, for all three churches. And it wasn't really a league. Um, it, it was just like a softball get-together. So it was y'all come and y'all played. We'd have 40 people on a team or whatever, and whoever showed up. And we just had fun. And we were in a... a I was going to say a city park, but Forest, Ohio is far from a city. Um, Yeah, maybe a thousand people live there or something. And um, one night we we saw this redheaded kid. His name was Kenny, uh, Kenny Dunson. He was 11 years old. And um, we we saw him just kind of at a distance, um, just watching from a distance. We, we hadn't met him or anything. And then we saw him again the next week, and he came a little closer uh, and was watching again. We invited him to play, and by the third week, he, he just started uh, joining in and playing. He started coming to our, quote, youth group. It wasn't anything like this. Um, and, and coming to church, and um, we got to know him, and, and it, was, it was just really cool to see God work in this 11-year-old boy's life. And um, we, we had known Kenny for a while, and can someone take my watch? <laughs> Debbie? We had known Kenny for a while, and um, he started just getting sick all the time, and... Uh, Weren't sure what that was all about, but he was throwing up all the time, and doctors couldn't figure out what was wrong. And make a long story short, um, eventually they found out he had a brain tumor. And um, he'd come to church and and just uh, ask people to pray for him, and he just he believed that God was going to heal him. He, there was just no doubt in his mind, and uh, every chance he got, he would uh, go and, and get prayed for, and. He went to a, kind of a healing service at a church about 60 miles away one night, and uh, it was on a Saturday night. And he went down to the altar at the end, and uh, this evangelist laid hands on him, and, and Kenny said he felt this warmth go from the top of his head down through his feet. And he just knew he had been healed. And he came running into church the next morning and just jumped up in my dad's arm. He's like, Pastor North, Pastor North, I've been healed. And um, he got up and testified during church. And every single church service, he would get up and just testify that, that God had healed him. He went back to the doctors, and the doctors, um, they verified it. There, there was no sign of that tumor. It, it was just gone. And it was maybe a year later, Kenny got sick again, and he got another brain tumor. You know, the the brain tumor in the first place was really bad news. His healing, Kenny's healing was really good news. Getting a second one was really bad news. But even in the midst of that story, there was still really good news. He was praying that God would heal him again, but he kept getting sicker and sicker. He had brain surgery twice. They shaved his head. He was embarrassed being bald. He was 12 at this time. And um, I kind of lost my thought there. 
he uh, he said he felt like he had been hit between the eyes with a baseball bat. Uh, it just hurt so much. And I remember going to visit him in the hospital uh, several times and hearing Kenny at 12 years old, whose faith had become so strong in the living God. He, he'd, I'd hear him say things like, I just want to praise the Lord, or I just want to go be with Jesus. And he'd, he'd just be in and out of consciousness. And I remember um, I was a wrestler back then. I know you can't tell that now, but uh, I had a wrestling meet at my high school. Um, it was December 23rd, uh, 1977, I believe. It's been a while, 40 years ago. And uh, it was about a half an hour before my match, and there wasn't anyone else in the gym. And I remember just sitting on the bleachers and uh, saying a prayer for my friend that God would take care of him. And I remember when I was done praying, I looked up at the clock, and it was 625. And... Um, Got, got home from the wrestling match that night, and uh, my parents were there, which was really unusual because they had been at the hospital around the clock, and Kenny had died at 6.30. But see, the thing about Kenny is that even in the middle of bad news, he learned how to live in light of the good news. Circumstances didn't keep him down. He lived the kind of life that exemplifies the commitment to Christ that I want in my own life. Again, here's the good news. God is calling you to be his. God called Kenny to be his. And Kenny grabbed a hold of that. He could have gotten bitter. He could have been just just kept in bondage in the midst of bad news. But the good news gave him hope. So the good news is God's calling you to be his. But here's that thing again about free will. He gave you free will. The question is, is that good news or is that bad news? It totally depends on whose will you choose to live by. If you choose to live by your own will, that's really bad news. But if you choose to live by his will, it's good news. But the decision is yours.